Hello, and welcome to the Chaos Publishing Podcast, helping you make your mark in the tabletop gaming industry. My name is Miles Ratcliffe, games designer, co-founder, and director of Chaos Publishing Limited. Today, we invite Oliver Brooks onto the show, an aspiring game designer, to discuss what it means to design games and get those designs out into the world. This is episode four, Becoming a Game Designer. Harley, thanks for being on the show. Hi, Miles. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay, you're a game designer, but actually you've been dedicating quite a lot of your time to designing games. You're not very well known in the industry. Actually, you're pretty much an unknown at the moment, but with the amount of games that you're producing and how much you're getting involved in the industry, I'm sure that you're going to have quite a few games being brought to market in the years to come. Could you talk a little bit about how you're getting involved in designing games? Uh, Well, at the moment, I've dedicated myself to sort of the dream job as most people would say of becoming a games designer obviously very interested in the whole process and it's been a a big big learning curve this last sort of year and a half has been very (laughs) eye-opening indeed meeting people in the industry talking to them working on a few bits and pieces here and there standard stuff you know like play testing rule books helping people out with balancing redesign some development stuff that kind of thing all all little stuff um, but nothing of my own but that's sort of hopefully going to change. Speaking to a number of publishers about some of my games and uh, looking forward to, hopefully, fingers crossed, seeing them in the next sort of couple of years. That's really great to hear and exciting times for you there. Committing to designing games is what a lot of people out there really want to do. They want to design games. There's a lot of hobbyists out there who just design games and go through at that avenue. They would love to see their games in print, even gamers who want to want to design games they're a bit trepidatious on how to get into it so i mean you've mentioned networking and how to get involved there i think that's a really important part of designing games not only to meet people publishers other designers it's to get that feedback as well from other designers about improving your design so can you talk a little bit about that yeah yeah the, the networking process is a very very interesting one it's as, as a games designer, you even as a hobbyist designer, you sort of sit down and you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And my friends like it. I've maybe had some blind testers down at the local games store or, or maybe done something on Board Game Geeks, sent it to some people halfway across the world who said they liked it or whatever. But that only gives you so much. It doesn't prepare you for actually dealing face to face with publishers, full time developers and other games designers. You really have to sort of throw yourself into the industry. You have to go to the big conventions. You have to meet people face to face. Do that do that talking. That is so important. It's a very time consuming and tricky process because it's, it can be a bit overwhelming. You're sort of like, oh, where do I start? Like, oh, you've got sort of the fan goggles on. You're like, oh, that's my favorite designer. Or oh, I really like that game that they did. And you're just really trying to turn that into something that you can work with and sort of present and go, oh, here's my idea and actually do it. So it's it's almost like two completely different skill sets. Being a designer on one hand is knowing about the numbers and making sure that it's a balanced game and it's not just, oh, if I always do this, I'm going to win. You need to make sure that the game works. But coupled with that, you need the ability to meet people be really excited about your product you really need to sort of sell it to them with not just the 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 cold way of oh yeah it's great and everyone's going to like it and there's all the feedback but you need to actually be really enthusiastic and it's the industry is like that even the big publishing stuff they're all enthusiastic about their games so it's that enthusiasm that really needs to shine through to those people and you can only really do that face to face yeah and i covered a lot of this in episode one with henry jasper about this networking industry and how important that is uh, being involved in any aspect of the industry but i mean if we go back to 
as a game designer, I've got an idea. What do I do with it? I'm unsure of how to get going because that's what I want to cover in this episode, becoming a game designer. So what sort of tips would you give an up-and-coming designer who's just getting started? For me, it's been a, a long process. Time is probably one of the biggest factors. Now, most people still, when they're doing a design, if they're doing it as a hobby, for example, they generally are still full-time employed, part-time employed, whatever, and they're, they're still they're working on it on their spare time, like two hours before bed or whatever, or when the kids are asleep, that's when they're sort of putting the work in. But the real sort of the next step up from that is the commitment to getting it done. Now, for me, myself, I basically worked like a slave for five years so that I could save up enough cash to essentially quit my full-time job and just pursue it wholeheartedly and then make sure that I knew when I was running low, I could just jump straight back into full-time employment. So I would say time is the biggest factor because being able to spend eight or nine hours a day, essentially a full-time job focused on refining the design, making sure that the art is up to scratch, making sure that the feedback you're getting is good, putting it in different playtesters' hands, actually contacting the publishers, all the that kind of meetings and all that sort of stuff all together. Time, you need the time. And if you don't have the time, then it's going to be a really, really long, slow, drawn out, tiring process. So it's tiring enough doing it as a full-time job. So if you're trying to do that and another full-time job at the same time, you'll burn yourself out. I've seen far too many people try and do too much at once and they just at health suffers and it's just it's not good to see so i'd say make sure you've got the time as well as the sort of willpower to pursue it really really full on yeah of course time's really important but as well when you've got an idea to start with you just want to get your thoughts down so i'd recommend really just brainstorming getting all your ideas onto paper because then you can actually do something from there Oh yes, yeah, certainly. If you if when, when you if you have that spark, it can come anywhere. You could be out with your mates. You could be in the middle of playing another game entirely, and you can just suddenly think, "Ah, oh, that'd be really cool." And this is why I always carry a pad of paper with me everywhere I go because if you've got that idea, just jotting it down, doing those initial sketches, just that, "Ah, oh, here's this key mechanic," or "Here's this thing that I want to do," or "Here's this theme that I want to do," or any, any of those kind of things just get that down start brainstorming put all those numbers and put all the thoughts and everything that you've had down and if it flows it will just sort of come out of your head it, it will just sort of flow naturally then you know you're probably onto something that's going to be good fun but if you write down that first line and then suddenly you're like oh well i don't know where to do from here it can be a bit of a stumbling block and you're really struggling then to sort of turn that into a good idea so sometimes if that's the case i would say step away and to go, that was a nice idea. And then maybe like two weeks down the line, just go back and have a look at it. And the time in your mind will refresh it. But if you've got the idea there and then, yeah, always get it down on a bit of paper. Yeah, and once you've refined it a little bit more and you've got a more concrete idea of what you want to put together, I would say put a prototype together and just just get go, going with that as soon as you can. Because, I mean, what you do, Ollie, as well, is just write things on the fly. Just here's a game. Oh, yeah, definitely. As I was saying before we started doing this, literally just went for a walk around the block. It's a nice sunny day here. Please don't judge. Uh, <laughs> and uh, managed to uh, just churn out a little idea for a little simple car game. N nothing particularly clever, but obviously it need refinement and work and all that kind of stuff. But it was just an idea I had and just getting it down on the bit of paper and that process of transferring it from an idea into something physical often is the catalyst for how you feel about the game. because. I get hundreds of ideas. I don't put them all down on paper because I think about them and I go, eh, it's not going to work or it's, I'm, I don't, I'm not feeling it. But if you don't 
actually do anything with an idea as soon as you put it down on the paper it's more real and and the next step yeah like you say is get a prototype together if something really calls to you you'll start cutting and making and, and doing everything you can just to get that in front of someone so that they can have a look and test it i've done that before many a time come up with something three or four hours before i'm supposed to be meeting up with my board game buddies and be like right i've got four hours let's make myself a full prototype and then turn up and they're like what have you been doing i go here you go here's something i've just literally made and they'll tear it apart and it will all fall to pieces straight away because that's usually what happens when you've only spent four hours working on something but it it really gives you that buzz that real sort of satisfaction and joy that you've got an idea and it's there and, it, and it's a good way of just instantly getting feedback on whether an idea is any good because if it turns out that there's something like a little spark or a little something that someone goes you know what oh when that happened really really enjoyed it and if everyone's laughing and having fun then you're you're probably onto something and it's a good thing to then pursue yeah and that's something that's really important feedback and getting that feedback because your idea is not going to be right the first time around we can we should all accept that but getting that feedback to then make it better and improve that comes over a great deal of time of playtesting, playtesting, playtesting again with a whole variety of people to really refine and build your design. Definitely. Feedback is feedback is king. If anything, I would say for a designer, as soon as you can, try and get it in front of as many different people as possible. Even people who might not necessarily be gamers. I've put stuff in front of like grandparents and cousins and friends of cousins and all that kind of stuff before. Just to get that instant sort of, well, what's this? And as long as they're open-minded enough to try a board game, they don't even have to be hardcore gamers. And they will, if they go, oh, I like that, then you know you've got something to go for. So yeah, feedback is king. Feedback is king. Yes, well, the feedback needs to be pretty much brutally honest. So getting friends and family, that's good in a way to get you started. But you want that really harsh criticism to really build up your design because you don't want people just saying, yeah, it's okay, it's good because that's that's not not good feedback it needs to be very specific to figure out actually what you're doing wrong and people saying nope this doesn't work you could improve it by doing this this or this try this out what, what do you think of this then if they're specific like that then that can be really helpful oh yeah and that's where going to the big events really starts to pay off if you go to any of the sort of uh, playtest events around the uk or you've got a local gaming store or anything like that just get it in front of people who are gamers as well as i said getting that initial feedback of you're on the right track with something that's interesting is a good sort of boost because it's a good boost for morale it means that you're going to keep progressing with your with, with your design but you can't be stuck in your own bubble you can't be thinking oh this is the best perfect product ever this is the best game ever it's gonna sell hundreds of millions of copies or anything like that. you have to know that every game has its market and what one person likes another person isn't necessarily going to enjoy so you need to put it in front of as many people as possible to sort of find those kinks and bugs and like you say if you put it in front of someone and they go well actually didn't like that that doesn't quite work without that. that sort of critical feedback is important as well you, you need the good feedback that says yes you're on the right track because that as a designer encourages you to carry on because it can be if everyone's like no that's rubbish no that's rubbish you need to change that then it can get a little bit like oh and you can feel very defensive about your because especially if it's your sort of big idea and you've you've been working on it a long time it's, it's almost like your baby you're, you're you're wanting it to be good and you want to do well with it and you want to feel good about it so sometimes it can be hard to separate that 
good and bad critical feedback. And it, it's being open to that critical feedback and putting yourself in a position where you can receive that critical feedback and not just think, oh, they didn't like it because they don't like that type of game. You have to go, well, why didn't they like it? Okay, so they said, oh, if you draw six cards, then that's bad. Why don't you draw five or something like that? It's You need to look at those reasons why people don't like it. And that critical feedback is just as important as the one that says it's good because it will tell you where the pitfalls in your game are. And, it, and that's part of the process is going back and forth to refine the process and the game and make sure that as you're making the game you're trimming off the fat you're making it so that it's a lot more enjoyable all round there's design decisions in there that work regardless of the player so you can really really get a good game out of it yeah i think of the design process as like a swinging pendulum it's going from side to side but as it goes further through development as time moves on the swing just becomes very gradual and very pretty much insignificant so it's about really refining your game design until making those huge swings and tearing things out putting them back in until you get to the point where it's a bit more concrete and you have a good idea of what the game will finally end up with so what, what would you say to people who have reached that point have got all the critical feedback have have not taken it personally but have reinvolved themselves to make it the best game it can be and they've reached that stage where they're happy with it because as well it's important that a game is not going to be completely perfect but once you're at the stage where you're happy with a game and you think you can go somewhere with it what can people do to go forward with it well the big thing with that is then you've got a whole lot of decisions ahead of you designing the game when you reach that point where you're happy with it you're like oh yeah finally i'm through i'm through the trees i can see the light it's all great it's it's easy sailing here no it just got about 100 times harder um <laughs> there are many many different ways for you to pursue a game from that point now for some people it is the design itself that was the fun bit it was making something that they feel happy with and that they know is good and that occasionally some people say oh pull that game out and want to have a go at it that's fine so that's like a, a, a sort of a hobby approach you're just designing for designing sake but there's a lot of other ways you can go you can go and if you want to actually get it out in front of the public that's the next big step really because once you've got that design and you're leaving behind that hobby aspect and you're wanting to put it in front of the paying public you've got to really decide how to get it there and a lot of that comes down to how you want to pursue it yourself as a designer um, there's many different ways you can go down the, the sort of the more traditional methods which is contacting a publisher and trying to sort of impress them with the game and and hopefully it would be good enough for them to pick it up and work with you to make it better the other sort of more traditional route is self-publishing so you work out the cost to make it yourself do your own marketing all that kind of thing so you make the game but with the advent of technology and the way that people are becoming more connected as gamers of all types you've got things like kickstarter so you can try and it's, it's similar to the self-publishing but it means that you're not necessarily having to stump up all the cash initially yourself you're saying hey guys here's this idea and of a game and here's what it's like and if people like it then they'll support you um, the other way you could do that is print and place so there's a lot of people that release very nice games that they've designed on print and place so you can just download the components usually they're not uh, very component heavy games normally but sometimes it can be like oh well you need to raid a few of your game boxes for some extra bits and most people if they're picking up a print and play would be happy for that 
or the very, very extreme approach, certainly if you've got more than one idea rattling around and one or more games and there's maybe a group of you, is actually um, becoming a publisher yourself and looking to not only publish your own game, but branch out into attracting more designers and more like-minded individuals. I know a, a few people who have done that, who have three or four of them have had various ideas for games and they've sort of collaborated together to release three or four games in a short period of time and it, and it just made sense for them to go down that sort of self-publishing route and which of those you pick is really dependent on yourself really and your situation because for some people they're like well I don't want to go out and massively network I don't want to do loads of marketing I don't want to contact loads of different individual people I don't want to set up a Kickstarter so for them just going to a publisher and going here's a thing are you interested is fine Um, and that's the right thing for them to do but for other people, it's like, well, actually, no, I, I've got a lot of, say, business experience. I want to start my own Kickstarter and I want to get it straight to the straight into the customer's hands and I want to pursue it that way. Those kind of things are really, really dependent on the individual. And it, I would say, look at your situation and see which of those feels like the right decision. I know in my own personal experience that when I found that out, I had to make a decision where do you want to how do i want to pursue pursue it and i decided to go down the contacting publishers and networking that route rather than self-publishing and kickstarting yeah i mean from our standpoint as well in my standpoint being a publisher is a lot of work it's running a business and that has everything to do with marketing and building up a audience which does take a lot of time and effort and as well being a publisher of just one game doing the large releases in the thousands as well even as a small publisher that's isn't really going to bring in a lot of income to really support yourself it's about being able to grow the company and having a good projection for the future so that's very distinctive from actually being on the other end of the spectrum being a hobby game designer just creating games for yourself and your family to enjoy but in terms of the other avenues there print and play is not far from that you create print and play get involved in the community bring it out there and some people enjoy it that's again in the small scale but it's understanding the numbers as well because self-publishing it's again you're still building up an audience but you wouldn't expect to if you're just self-publishing that one game and you just want to get it out there you won't be expecting more than say a couple of hundred or well in, in the hundreds anyway uh, at most of what you're going to actually put out there because i mean there's the self-publishing route of games crafter which would be considerably less copies or there around abouts depending on what the game is and how it does but again that's a very small scale so it depends on how much you want to be known in the industry and how much you want your game to be out there because when you're pitching to publishers that gives you more of an opportunity to get your game out there because they've already built up an established audience they've got the distribution network they can order games in the thousands from china or from europe and get the games into a lot of people's hands of course, doing it that way and not being a publisher yourself, you're t- taking a royalty rate, which is much smaller. You're not going to make a lot of money out of doing it. But if you commit yourself, you you can really establish yourself in the industry as such. So. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Again, it's a case of your situation, what you're doing it for, why you're doing it. If you're designing a game to make millions and retire in your own private yacht somewhere, then you're probably in the wrong industry. But if you're doing it because you want to walk into a game store and go, there's my game on the shelf and feel a massive surge of pride, then yeah, it's the right thing to do. And you're right in saying that there is that big scale 
in the difference between doing a print and play right the way through to contacting a publisher and it is the scale of how many people are actually going to see your game and obviously as a designer you want to put your game in front of as many people as possible because the more people that see your game the more popular it's going to be and it's going to be a lot more satisfying to you as a designer because you're going to know that you've brought enjoyment to all those people because at the end of the day people play games for enjoyment so if they're not having fun, then, then then you've done something wrong as a designer. So that's knowing that people are getting fun out of your games in that big that big range of people is important. And yeah, going to a publisher, the numbers are it's startling how big the numbers are because even though the industry is growing and more and more people are joining in and and, and you've got it's expanding all the time and, and there's often people say we're in the golden age of gaming, it's still a case of getting it in the right hands because even though all these people are coming into the industry and and into gaming they're not coming in and they're not experiencing everything simultaneously it's it's growth it's about where where and when it happens and and who looks at what to 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 sort of get it out there so obviously people are going to start at the smaller end and and work their way into the more more well-known products yeah and so as well Depending on the game which you have, well, your idea, your game design, it depends on how marketable it is, what publisher you'd be aiming at, if it's right for them or if it's right for the market in general, because there are a lot of ways that you can design a game which it won't be appropriate for the market at all and it won't sell in large numbers. So that's something which is going to deter publishers and that's what I look for as well when I I look through various submissions. It needs to be a, a marketable product at the end of it. But I mean, there's that scale again, where if you you're designing a game which you like, you it's your vision. You want it to be as you want it, so you can enjoy it to its fullest extent. You also need to, if you want to get it out to more people, you need to think about how many other people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, definitely, it is. It is that combination of being both a designer and thinking more about it. it was, lots of people say, "Oh, I've got an idea for a game." But it's very different to take an idea and actually morph it into something that you could put in front of a complete stranger and have them actually enjoy it because their entire life will be very different from yours. They're not going to approach it in the same way. They're going to then obviously they didn't make it or anything like that. To them, it is a game that they're playing. So they're playing it for enjoyment, whereas to you, it is your creation so you're very very much invested in it so yeah it's definitely as a designer i would say and i'm sure you'd agree with this miles that as a designer you really want to make sure that you get it as spot on as possible because at the end of the day it is enjoyment and if you can get that right and if you can get that theme right and if you can pitch it right to the right publisher then yeah that's what will really make it go Okay, so there are a ton of resources out there and places to go to seek out advice and the feedback which we require for our designs. Are there any places you would recommend to designers to check out and where would you advise them to go to get that feedback? Well, for getting the feedback that you need and making sure that you've got access to all the right sort of feedback, I would say throw yourself in at the deep end. Pluck up the courage go to a convention, your local playtest group or any big event in your vicinity nearby or, or even if it's one that you're traveling to. And rather than wandering around as a sort of a showgoer, actually go and talk to the designers, the publishers, get their opinion on things. Because 
it's actually being in that environment that really makes the big difference. It's the thing that will show you where you want to go and and how you want to pursue it. And those those resources, that sort of living experience, like talking to a designer and and having a conversation with them, even if even if it's only maybe like two or three minutes, nothing long. They're not suddenly going to tell you the secrets of how to get your game published every single time. But that two to three minutes of where they point you in the right direction or they they make a suggestion, that will really help you. Obviously, you need to know all the basic information to start with. So like I said, things on like BoardGameGeek where you've got the do's and don'ts of designing. So don't design something that already exists. Don't just reskin something, that kind of stuff obviously all still supply. So all those internet resources and that kind of stuff all still helps, but it's really being in it and in it as a designer rather than in it as a hobbyist that will really make the difference. Yeah, it's that communication, whether it be at events or online, you can talk to people directly, other designers, get feedback, put your designs out there, whether it be the forums on BoardGameGeek, just put put it up there. And as well as that, there's going to events, which is crucial, as you say, it's just... It's, it's a completely different experience to actually being able to soak it in. Uh, you can get a lot of feedback that, that way. And there's particular events as well which look at unpublished designs and bring designers together to help playtest each other's designs. We run a, one of those events ourselves uh, based in the UK, the southwest area, in Chippenham specifically. Our next one actually is the 12th of July and we're going to be running that every three months. So as well as that there are more events all across the world there in america there's process bill events there's unpub events in and there's lots of playtest groups around this world in the uk there's the playtest uk network you can search that up they've got meetup group they've got a number of groups around the country you can go through forums you can look up on various facebook groups as well there's the card and board game designers guild you can perhaps ask for people which are in your area you can search board game geek as well and it's tying that all together just to find the right people to communicate with and really improve your designs because it's getting that group together which you can talk with and get involved in the community which points you in the right direction each and every each and every way yeah certainly for me as a designer i found that the biggest eye opener for me was when i did go to the uk games expo one of their big events here in the uk and just talking to the designers uh, other designers made so such a big difference to like my attitude to design how I wanted to pursue things as a designer what to expect it gave me I think more help and confidence and sort of direction than reading a hundred articles ever could do purely because it meant that I was getting a face-to-face experience and and that that was really tailored to me so wherever you are you want to once you've got your game in a position where you're happy with it, you want to go out and just start meeting people. And it's like a whole nother learning curve. It's you're coming into it and you might expect one thing, but it you'll be blown away at how friendly everyone is and how willing to help get a good game out there. People are like at the end of the day, everyone in the industry is a gamer of some sort and they want to play a good game. Even if they didn't make it, they want to play a good game and they want to enjoy it. So if they're willing to help get a good game to market. So get out there, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice. We're reaching the end of the episode, so if we could just sum up about what designer should do when they're starting out, they've got their idea. I would say, once you've got your idea, jot it down on a bit of paper or notepad or Word or whatever you want to use 
And then once you've got that idea, initial idea out, add in all the extra bits in, make the components, make your prototype as soon as you can. Get that get the, that card and board and wood and pieces. Get them in front of people very, very quickly because there's nothing like a crash test to really hammer home whether a design is going to work or not. And you'll get some really good feedback from that. Good theme, good mechanics, what didn't work, what did work. And then from there, keep redesigning, keep putting it out there, keep talking to more and more people. And as you get more and more confident in the game and happier, put it out to the community, the wider community, contact people who you don't have any connection to, who you, apart from knowing them, and then just say, here, play this with some other people who I don't even know. Keep doing that, keep reiterating. And then when you've got to a point where you're happy with the game, take the next big step and go to an event of some sort. Go and talk to some publishers, go and talk to some designers. Be prepared for disappointment. Don't expect it to be instantaneous. It normally takes quite a while for them to get around to looking at things, making sure that it's up to what they want. And don't be disheartened when the first five say no. It's a case of just trying and trying and trying and trying and then that's where you go from there and if you're lucky you get you're in the right place at the right time or you've got a really good theme or a really good set of mechanics someone will pick it up and boom you got your game all right thanks ollie it's been great to have you on the show it's great to be here Mas. all right cheers cheers if you have any questions or ideas for topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes guess you would like to be on the show or if you'd like to be on the show yourself please do not hesitate to email me at miles at chaospublishing.com. You can also find us on Twitter at chaospublishing or on facebook.com forward slash chaospublishingltd. On another note, as a games publisher, we are currently on the lookout for new games to publish. If you are a games designer and have a game that you would like to see on the shelves, please review our submissions policy at chaospublishing.com and send us an email. I'll then give it a look over and provide you with my honest feedback. Thank you for listening to the Chaos Publishing Podcast. My name is Miles Ratcliffe, and I hope to catch you again on the next episode. <laughs>